Welcome to The Digital Couch, a podcast by Value First, featuring global thinkers and their stories. Over to your host now. Hello, everyone. My name is Shauri, and I lead marketing for Value First. Today, I have with me Rohit Kulkarni. Rohit is vice president at Payoneer and is driving growth in South Asia, North Africa, and the Middle East. In his career, which has spanned now for over two decades, he's held roles at Amazon, Yahoo, GE Money, and Sodexo. Hey, Rohit, pleasure having you here. Thank you, Shori, for inviting me. And it's really great to talk to digital couch listeners. So thank you very much. Nice. So, you know, when I was creating this episode, I, I looked at your story and I just found it very amusing. And I read somewhere that how you wanted to be a chef. And in fact, you actually pursued hotel, hotel management. And so I thought, why not start this episode asking you what happened there? How did you manage to end up spending two decades into roles that, that span over marketing, sales, product, distribution, and whatnot? So I, I'd personally love to hear that story. You're so right about it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, if I look back, 2022 20, years now, and I think uh, it's 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 a little bizarre to find somebody who did hotel management to kind of work for a JV where he was trying to pull a company, and that was a JV between G and Suzuki, no mean feat from red into black. Uh, if you look at uh, Yahoo, I spent a lot of time launching uh, micro and SMB products which were helping them to get online, and then. Uh, at G also, it was all about uh, retail customers. Uh, so, so it's really been more with consumers and customers, uh, SMBs working with them, trying to drive transformation in various things. Uh, but if I can look at what you te- what they teach you at Hotel Manager, it's all about handling ambiguity. If you look at my career, whenever you know I have faced such situations, I've thrived in it. Uh, whenever, whether it was Sodexo, because they were very new in India. Uh, I was probably the first 10 or 15 employees at Sodexo and I was trying to kind of, you know, uh, launch them in multiple cities, doing things which were never done before. So, so, so now it falls in place. But yeah, through the journey, I probably got a lot of questions uh, on what I did at the start of my career in terms of academics. Uh, to be fair, people always looked at the side which uh, which was more around what I brought to the table in terms of my values and my skills uh, versus just the academics. So, yeah, uh, it's been a good journey. It's been a topsy-turvy journey to that extent. Super. So one more thing I actually noticed out of your journey and whatever I've read here and there, it's been something that you've been working very, very much for small and medium enterprises. So how has that been for you? Because it's it's a it's not the most organized sector or a target audience, if I were to put put it out like that. So how has that been for you? So so there is so much to do when you talk about SMBs, right? Because the challenges they face are very different. If you today let's take our industry, let's take Pioneer today, right? And we are into payments. Uh, if you go to an enterprise or a large client, you go to a, a Infosys, for example, or some somebody like that, or HUL, right? Every bank would be there to offer you services, right? From payroll services to cross-border FX, and I can keep on naming, but they would have not only one, but multiple account managers at your doorstep to do all these things for you. Now, not many people really offer the same level of services and sophistication to the SMBs. Also, the SMBs are, you know, normally one-man shows. Uh, the promoter or the 
CEO, he's the guy who's director marketing, he's the director legal and so on and so forth. Our aim and my aim through the companies that I've worked for, the products that we launched for them has always been to bring parity for SMBs and create a platform where they could really compete with enterprise. And that's been our outlook. That's been my wish and aspiration whenever I've worked with SMBs. And that's why it's an interesting space. Uh, what you really create for them is transformative. It is very satiating towards the end uh, when you try to achieve this. Uh, I'm not saying that it's done and dusted. There's a long way ahead, but uh, at least that's the attempt. Got it. So, in fact, building up from there, and if I were to talk about, say, this industry in specific, now you've actually seen it evolve over the last five years where the term digital transformation has really taken a place. And, I mean... Yet, it remains to be one of the most regulated industry because there's money involved, right? And so, as, as, a, as a business, how have, you been, how, how have you been managing, you know, to be innovative and just to create this proposition in a, in a setting which is otherwise so regulated? Somehow, regulation is always looked at as a taboo, whether it is policies or, you know, laws. And I think they're all meant to protect uh, either customers or people or whatever else they were made for. So, 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 so I don't. We don't see them as uh, bottlenecks uh, to that extent. Uh, if you look at India and if you look at the kind of shocks we faced, whether it was the 2008 financial crisis, even in the pandemic, of course our economy has taken a beating, but we are still afloat because we had some very strong frameworks. Uh, in our policies and our uh, regulatory system. And we can't undermine the fact that they are helpful. What we really feel not so good about is that some of these laws and policies are legacy. They have not kept pace with the changing time. And you mentioned digital, especially for digital. So that's the area where we would want to see a lot of changes happen. But going back to Pioneer, what is the best thing that we kind of offer to our customers today is... You know, we work with uh, a regulator in every country uh, that we operate in, uh, in various forms. And it's important for us because we are, the transaction is two-way, right? So if the, if the payee or the person who's getting paid is in India, the payer is somewhere probably in the US or Europe or wherever he is. So we need to make sure that, you know, we meet the laws of both sides of the countries. Now, what it does to, let's say, enterprise like Amazon or Google or Airbnb who use us, or the four odd million SMBs who work with us is that they become compliant and they don't have to worry about doing transactions in these countries through us. So that's a big deal. Uh, not many companies can boast of such a regulatory structure. Uh, so that's that's something which we really think is a major uh, solution as such that we offer creating this entire legal and uh, banking framework uh, across the globe. A little bit if you kind of, you know, go back into looking at what SMBs need beyond regulation is they need customization, not only to local culture and local, you know, methods and stuff like that. What they need is product nuances to be customized. And I think uh, if you put together regulatory and product nuances together and try to customize them, be nimble on your feet. Uh, you will find a lot of affinity uh, coming your way because people really want to help you. And, and it's not that uh, we, we always knew it or something like that. We did really spend time in learning it from our users. And thanks to them, uh, we, we went to cities like Moradabad, Lucknow, Agra, Erode down south, Surat in the west. 
because we these are export hubs of india beyond delhi and bangalore where we, we already are right so so we got feedback from them and we tried to kind of really co-create with them uh, and through our partners uh, which in my mind has been very very fruitful and meaningful for us and i hope for them too got it that that really helps so you you mentioned that you know that how you're working with smbs across the world and which are humongous in number so just talking about this because enterprises have already reached a particular level you know the big players of the market but smbs is something that are growing by the second now not even by the day and what that means according to me is that your target audience is also increasing with that so with them now moving towards accepting you know digital payments and really changing or making a dent in the way we paid to a vendor or we paid each other so i'd actually love to know how are you attacking this ecosystem as a whole and like make like taking advantage if that's the right way to put it out great question i think it's it's super important for us to be relevant to people uh, as things change because even even if we are here for so many years or we try to kind of you know do much you know much of you know customization i talked about product and all that stuff uh, it's also how we want to be relevant for them in the present and in the future right yeah. and, uh, and and by the way uh, a uh, testimony not boastful about it but if you look at our growth uh, in the last 4 years in india the compounded annual growth rate actually has been closer to 170 which is uh, really big right again again uh, don't want to sound boastful it's it's, it's a humble mission that people have helped us uh, be be good at or co create even patient with us also it's not happened overnight right uh but if you look at our strategy if you look at our approach uh, we obviously are a payments platform so we try to bring down cost structures by making it cheaper uh, we actually make the international transaction into two local transactions so somebody think of a think think of a exporter here he probably gets a local bank account in the us which is a virtual account and he can get paid from anybody there locally like a nft or rtgs and then we have a large pipe to bring it back to india and then we do a last mile here which is again like any fti rtgs so two easy local transaction versus a uh, international transaction itself makes it cheaper makes it faster and uh, people really like uh, that about us that we break the transaction and make it so much more easier and simpler for them to operate at uh, that's that's of course what people like us but they love us for something else uh, they love us because we bring a network to them and in multiple forms so think of a seller today who's selling to amazon in the us uh, and for him what we do is we have a program called green channel which allows them to seamlessly sell into a marketplace called c discount in france now probably discovery of such a platform called c discount itself is a major thing for many exporters because they wouldn't have even heard about it Mm. Uh, but see discount is actually bigger than any other marketplace in france so you want to be there where customers are right it's not easy you got to change your catalog into french uh, you got to do everything differently in terms of you know managing the preferences of those consumers there yeah. uh, our program allows them to do this in a very templatized way in a very very sophisticated way uh, and they also get preferential treatments because we are because see discount is an enterprise client of ours and we operate with more than 2000 such enterprise clients so so that is really very very uh, important for customers because they get to explore expand new markets in, in our own philosophy we call it we help people to launch globally 
manage their business globally and then grow their business so so these are our pillars right uh, we have bunch of other uh, similar products on the services vertical where we help people to kind of you know do business either easily or more streamlined and this entire ecosystem is what really makes pioneer stand out uh, because again we're talking a largely about smes right and we said that Uh, they are probably you know their ability to do the same things as a enterprise is not not non existent or at least challenging for them and when we bring these additional services it really you know wows them all right that's that's super helpful uh maybe uh trying to ask you the most difficult question of what we've gone through but i thought i'll i'll have a chat about this pandemic that's been looming over us So how's how's it been for you personally as well as professionally? Uh, I think the uh, I've never seen something at such a global scale, right? Even uh, probably uh, Facebook also took multiple years to go to all the markets, but <laughs> it was there in like a few days, if not a few weeks, right? Uh, so it was very hard to kind of you know believe that everyone across the globe is facing the same issue. Yeah, uh, and and before I come to the business side of it, I think my heart goes out to people really who suffered personal losses during this time, and it's not been easy for people. So yeah. let's take a moment to kind of appreciate that people have gone through a lot uh, with this one, right? Uh, uh, if I look at uh, for uh, for India, right, Indian businesses, right, sure. our supply lines were completely down from March uh, to let's say April or May. right because uh, there was there was nobody who could go to their uh, workplaces uh, to even if even if they had goods they couldn't send it to uh, these are exporters right so they couldn't send it to the airport or the port at all and from there there was no carrier carrying it to any destination mm-hmm. so so our businesses especially export businesses they really tanked in this period of time and uh, they only started getting back somewhere around july when the when things got a little easier Uh, during this period actually many other countries uh, they did very well because uh, they didn't have the same infrastructural issues as us so think of china or korea or japan or vietnam they were they were doing fabulous in terms of e-commerce exports and we caught up the good news is that we caught up after july and now we are almost back to the growth rates that we had so so we had a little bit of you know rough Uh, March to June, uh, kind of a number. It was almost like a bell curve, which took off only from July onwards. If I look at some other verticals like uh, services, as we call it, uh, freelancers and uh, IT exporters. These are what this is what India is anyways famous for, right? Uh, it's it's our forte. And uh, because of the pandemic, there was always an impetus for outsourcing or offshoring or digitized. Uh, low cost structured you know job works we done so these people really saw benefits uh, if you look at uh, freelancers jan to july uh, their billing has grown by 27% and that's that's not mean uh, is life been easy for them answer is no but they were a little better off because for them they were already working from home so there was no really a new normal that that got established for them so their new normal was exactly how they were before to a large extent so so they they continue to but again uh, they have to be cognizant that this is not a story that will continue in the same fashion because now they are competing world over even bangladesh is a competition for the same freelancer 
now because it's a global thing digitization has driven you know global people to compete with you yeah on the personal side i think uh, what i saw that uh, there is still people who took it very positively i think everyone is careful diligent uh, by and large people are reacting positively to it Uh, good thing is i don't know i've heard everyone that i've ever met in the last 9 10 months that they are better off from their health perspective they are exercising they are eating probably they have more time to do some of these things but overall i have said i haven't heard anybody say i put on weight uh, everybody <laughs> said that you know they had something other to do which has helped their health go better uh, uh, in and and personally in my own life i, I you, you talked about hotel management right so my kids have this thing they watch a recipe now on youtube every night and yeah. it's almost an expectation that i'll do like three or four of them in a week <laughs> uh, it's, it's 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 beautiful to do it uh, yeah. it comes out well uh, i do get branded as somebody who creates a halwa cake because i was cooking i was baking a cake almost after 25 years so yeah. it really did work out so I guess you it's fun but being with kids Of course, that that sounds beautiful. I I hope you're you're cooking. I mean, they're happy with their cooking. <laughs> I guess so. But you know, the challenge has been for many people. Like you know, uh, the home is now like almost three or four institutions. In my home, it's uh, two schools and one office together alongside the home. So that's been challenging. I mean, three three things or four things happening at a time. It's not easy. One incident taking all the bandwidth. Tell me about it. <laughs> that that's that's the that's smallest. You can fix it by adding more internet connection. But the fact is that how do you add more rooms to the house, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's just not easy. And 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 we are a little privileged lot. We have probably bigger houses. Uh, there are various people who work and who come to work, and uh, infrastructure is not equally available to everyone. So I think it's important to realize that people have. you know different challenges and some have more challenges to even even do work from home it's not as easy as uh, one might think otherwise for sure so going back to this this thing that you you talked about some of the sectors being slightly better off than others are so, so do you think there have been these two or say three sectors which have really helped us come back on track so i mean as you said like freelancer is one of the biggest i mean say backbone of india as an example but has there been verticals like this which you feel have Like taking us out, or will continue to take us out till we live in a normal world. So, so, so there are three types of uh, impacts on three uh, on on various industries, right? If if you look at travel or tourism, it's got to completely reset, yeah. right? Uh, uh, because everything changed for them. I mean, whether it's social distancing, whether it is people just not even if they want to, they can't do the same thing today for a vacation, right? So, if you look at economies of goa or kerala or hotels or airbnbs or whatever uh, restaurants they going to suffer I, i'm sure you would have seen a bunch of restaurants around you closed down and that's that's reality for us sure. uh, and, and everything has to be reset if you look at uh, industries like freelancing or e-commerce domestic e-commerce it's grown right and for them the challenge has been the other way around how do i how do i manage capacity or rather over capacity uh, under capacity because I got more orders than I can fulfill, right? Uh, because everybody is ordering online today. Uh, everybody is giving you more work today, so you got to. Fix, the challenges are different, but you got to respond differently. And then there are certain industries which have a mixed uh, bag. Let's say, for example, education, right? 
uh, higher education was always uh, Indians or Chinese or Asians going to US and Canada and Australia and UK to study. Uh, that's a question mark because that's not going to happen the same way. But if you look at the lower end, I think uh, there is so much of scope for innovation. You talk about uh, Udemy and uh, the likes of Baijus and stuff like that. Okay. It's, it's revolutionary, right? So, so they have to go through a mixed bag in my mind. And I think, uh, uh, so you got to figure out where your industry is, where you are placed. Uh, but it's anywhere between a reset and managing expectations. Uh, it, it's not easy, but I guess... Uh, but whatever we do today is going to be defining and this push towards digitalization, this push towards, uh, uh, you know, change is actually very, very transformative and it's not going to look back at all. So we're forced, it's a forced way to change and I don't think it's completely bad. Um, on the humanity side, I do really feel bad, but on the business side, uh, it's a short-term pain, but I do really see that some of these things will will allow us to be better as we go forward. Got it. But if I were to speak about Payoneer in general, I mean, you've been pretty much industry agnostic. I mean, you service clients across industries across the world. How's it been for you, especially with everything suddenly going virtual, right? I mean, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I talked about topsy turvy changes and that's what has happened to us also. Actually, it's a very beautiful poem. I don't know uh, if you are into poems, but uh, I do remember some poems from school and this was one written by William Brighty Rands. Uh, it still kind of keeps coming back. Uh, it's a beautiful poem which talks about uh, it's a kid's poem. It's not something like but 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 that's what has happened to us. Things are completely changed. Uh, I talked about institutions at home. I talked about uh, the reset and the different stages that every industry has gone through and so far a good thing for us is that we were as you said we are agnostic to industry so we work with almost everyone so while some part of our businesses uh, saw uh, uh, volumes and uh, revenue shrink the other part really grew uh, overall uh, it's been still not a completely bad year uh, I would say we still grew by almost 30% on our budgets that we created even before the pandemic so uh, so it's to that extent you've done well. Uh, have we met uh, our aspirations of growth? Probably no. We fell short because we believe that otherwise we would have grown a lot. But I take what is there today as saying that you know we withstood it, uh, we went through it in a very positive frame. So so that's something which I am really glad and proud of uh, of how we uh, waited for it. But uh, there is there is one side of it which. Which I believe is going to, you know, uh, bring us out, bring more out of us. So, so if I talk about our digital products, they are going to be much more stronger because we were always digital, right? We never had this concept of physical that was there. Uh, and I can talk about, let's say, we have a product uh, which we put into banks. So, so think of. Uh, as a consumer today, if you go to your bank, you can pay your utilities bill, you can pay a bunch of other things, right? You almost can even go and order on Swiggy through your bank. So it's like uh, your bank enables you to do almost anything. Yeah. Now, this is on the consumer side. We are trying to do something like on the business side, and that's got fast tracked. Uh, we already launched a bunch of these partnerships in various parts of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it in my region, let's say a Kuda Bank uh, partnership in Nigeria, which allows people to use Pioneer inside the Kuda Bank network or the portal. 
Uh, we are on the cusp of launching many of these in India too. And uh, therefore, when you go to your bank portal today, as a businessman, you, could, you will be able to see all these apps, all these products and services on the click of a button and it will all be integrated through API. So uh, I, almost sound, I almost make it sound like utopian, but uh, the idea is to kind of, you know, make it uh, as, uh, you know, synchronous and as assimilated into one uh, one view for the customer. So that's something which we hope to see when we come out of this pandemic uh, because we have now some of these things come up uh, very fast. Super interesting. It's actually great to know that Peony into these things and it's actually an eye-opener for me. Nice. I'm sure uh, for the as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, we got to kind of, you know, uh, make sure that we take these messages a lot to customers. So, right. in some sense, I'm glad that we're doing this because, uh, you know, uh, through your good books, we are able to take some of these messages to, to businesses around. Yes, I hope the same. Uh, cool. So that helps. I mean, that brings us to the end of the first part of this podcast. And the second part is something with, in which I pretend to be Karan Johar and do a coffee quiz. Because it's rapid fire, but the only catch is you don't get to win anything because you're the only one. And uh, I guess I thought that it would be all mine. I mean, since I'm the only one, <laughs> so, so it's okay. But I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> being here today at this project itself is a uh, is a big win. So I really appreciate that. So I really, those goodies are not as much. I don't want to sound it like a rhetoric, but yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay. I was kidding. Anyway, so 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 how it works is I'm just gonna throw you throw towards you a quick question and you gotta quickly answer without too many examples or too many words, something I'll that listeners can take back, right? Okay, so yeah, I'll try my first even though you work across in functions and industries, my first question is just gonna be about marketing because that's why you spent a bit of time. So the question is, what is the best thing about marketing according to you? Yeah, I think uh, it's important. It gives you a peek into people's lives if, if you realize, right? I mean, uh, how they eat, how they drink, how they live, everything, right? And I think that's the most powerful thing about marketing. Uh, I always tell people that if you want to be a good marketer, you need to be a good person in history. Uh, but it's also the vice versa. It tells you how much, uh, how people behave, how people think, how people eat, how people live their lives. And it's super, super interesting. It's intriguing, in fact. And I think that's what I love about marketing the most. Got it. Your favorite book? Uh, well, it keeps on changing, right? I mean, the, the one that you read and you like the most at the last becomes a favorite for a while. But uh, if I look back uh, all these years, there's been nobody close to Alistair MacLean, right? I mean, uh, you think about Guns of Nevron or you think about Casablanca, HMS Ulysses. The, the, the most lucrative, uh, not lucrative, sorry, lucid writer that I ever read and I would rate him still the best. Nice. I'd love to know the best advice you've ever got. Uh, I, it goes back to reading. I, I don't know whether I read it or uh, someone told me, but uh, the truth is that if you look at successful people, uh, whether you like them or no, they are all voracious leaders. Yeah. And I think that's the best advice I've got. Uh, it, it it opens again many horizons, many perspectives, which otherwise you wouldn't have. So uh, reading and now even watching a bunch of, uh, you know, you, his video today versus what was reading maybe 15, 20 years back. So, yeah. yeah. All right. And if I were to flip the coin and ask you the worst advice you've ever got? 
uh, again, this is come. This comes with a little bit of disclaimer because it's not worked for me. But you know, uh, some someone and someone close to me always uh, wanted me to plan my career, plan it like well and be organized and be structured. And uh, I really did a good attempt at it. I, I tried hard. Uh, it failed every time I tried to plan. Uh, what I've realized is that if you go with the flow, uh, you tend to do well. Again, the, I don't think the problem is planning as much. Uh, I think I don't want to send a message that don't plan. That's not the message. But I still believe people have to be dreamers. People have to, when they walk on the highway, they need to look on both sides to see something beautiful that may just come up. And uh, take those detours and uh, enjoy it. That's that's how I at least uh, found uh, good things happen to me. But when I didn't try to do it, when I was focused and tried to overplan it, uh, it just fell through. Super cool. All right, Rohit. That's that's about it from me on the on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure speaking with you the last few minutes. Same here, Shauri. I am so glad uh, that I took this option and I am really thankful to you to kind of create this one for me. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it useful. Do write to us at the digital couch at vfirst.com for any suggestions. To know more about Value First, visit www.vfirst.com. See you in our next episode. Till then, keep spreading joy.